Fired Up Fridays, Rob, 15 minutes. That's it. But at the max, you ain't even got to be 15, but it's got to be three subjects. So I usually say five minutes a subject is usually how it works. Right. No, I got something. I always got something to talk about. There it is. So we got we got family ties in Virginia with sports legacy and how we're going to talk about Brian Stiff today. So I'm going to record, I'm going to do the recording so that we can just slide into it. Cause you know, the audio can, the audio fans can appreciate these edits, but the video gets one take type feeling. Hey, hey what's up guys? How y'all doing, man? I'm doing blessed big man. How you been? Doing great, man. I'm doing great. Trying to trying to make it through the grind of the season. Yes, I know. Yeah. I know, man. Thank you for your time, man. Um, we gonna um just ask a couple questions. Uh, we got a great editor. He does a good job of putting it together. Um, you know, just going straight from probably Brunswick player all the way through, man. Not not going too deep into nothing, but obviously you should you should be able to recognize everything, and then. We throw you your accolades, so don't mind us when we start throwing them in the air, you know. Man, don't throw too many, man. Don't man. throw too many. Man, come on. Look, I'm going to start one off before we start and just say this one so you can start thinking. My dad said, hey, man, Terry, Melvin, and Chris all went up there to play him in them playoffs. And he put up 44. Paul, baby, it's St. Paul. And my dad said, and I was there. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? I was like, man, okay, I don't know if I want to talk about that. You know, I'm a I'm a big tab guy, but you know, you saw me as a Bruton coach. And so I just remember <laughs> the love that you gave me. And I was like, man, this is this is the best dude ever. But when we was younger, I was like, who is this stiff guy, man? He took our title away. Like we was. Hey man, I when I when I see TK and Slade to this day, you know we were roommates in college, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I looked at man. the stats. Y'all came in same year and everything. No, I was a year older. I got there one year before. 88, 89. Uh, right. Well, you know, I, I graduated 88. They came in 89. That's right. Yeah, That's yeah. Right. I was a year older than they were, man. But they, wow. those those boys were special, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. TK tried to double up and play basketball for a couple of years, but the goal was on that in that running back position, man. He was he was dominating at UVA there. So no doubt. You can go ahead and get started, man. I'm gonna introduce you and we'll go ahead and ride with it. You ready, Lamont? Let's do it, man. You're gonna have to control me, Lamont. I wanna talk with uh, Coach Stiff all day. Like um Bro, that's <laughs> that's over, man. we both wanna get there, man. I'm really excited for this one, man. We appreciate you coming on. I appreciate y'all having me, man. All right. Welcome to Commonwealth Sports Talk. I'm your host, Joe Dillard, and I've got my co-host Lamont with me as we welcome Brian Stiff of Old Dominion Men's Basketball. How you doing, Coach? I'm doing terrific, man. How are you guys doing? Great, great. Doing well. Doing well. Great. Thanks for coming on. I don't know where to start, man. You're just, you're just the Virginia living legend, so I'm just happy to have your time, and I'm going to go all the way back to the beginning and get you in with this... Uh, you know, my family coming from Tab, take me through that Brunswick run because you as a sophomore made it to the state championship game and then lost, but then came right back junior and senior year and ran it back and won those two. Can you take me through that a little bit? How was that, man? Actually, I'm gonna take you back one step further. 
uh, my freshman year at uh, at Brunswick, um, I had a terrific uh, you know regular season. I made the uh, the all district team, and then we went on um, to the regionals, and um, I met this dude by the name of Tony Massenberg. I was a uh, freshman, you know, I was six foot two, six three, and uh, T Mass was a six nine beast. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I never got abused like that before in my life. After, after the game, after we suffered that loss, we, at the time we were playing our regionals at Virginia State. Okay. And I went back in the locker room, man, and I cried like a little baby. I said, never again will I be manhandled like I was tonight against uh, this beast right here. That was the first time that, you know, I re- it really opened my eyes, man, that, you know, there's another, another level of basketball out there to be had. And yeah. I wanted to make sure that I was ready. So coming back my sophomore year, I got a little bit bigger. I grew to about six, four. Um, I became stronger, got a little bit more athletic, and uh, we were able to make it to uh, the the state finals. And we ran up and gets a juggernaut in, in Martinsville Bulldogs. Yeah, actually, you know, you know, I think that that may have been the most talented team that I played at at Brunswick my sophomore year, from top to bottom. I mean, we were loaded, but that Martinsville team was special. And yeah. we ended up losing by 20 in the state championship to uh, to Mark Cook, Sean Moore, Beamer. I mean, you know, Kevin Hunt, Stacy Clark. Man, I mean, they were loaded. Mm. Mm. And um, that was that was another experience for me to go through. And again, you know, the the one thing that that I was blessed with was you know just being self analytical and critical of my game had a chance to, you know, go back and think about what happened. I went to basketball camps that whole summer. I grew a little bit more to about 6'5". I got stronger. And that's yeah. when my athleticism kicked in between my sophomore and my junior year. And, you know, when I came back from my junior year, you know, I was that beast that I saw my ninth grade year against Tony Massenburg. Sure I was. wasn't right there my – my freshman and my sophomore year when I played against the, those big boys. But, you know, I felt that, you know, I had arrived my junior year and that's when my game just went to a different level. Yeah, that's, that's like the rite of passage that everybody has to deal with where you face that bigger guy and then you either, you make a decision about it. You're either going to step up and, and get better or you're going to crumble, you know? And that's so that's, that, that's a good one. I want to take it a step back uh, further, Coach. Uh, is it true that um, seventh and eighth grade year you were five nine and had the growth spurt to six two when you came back? No question. You know, oh, wow. actually, actually, I was five eight. I was wow. five eight, and my favorite sport at the time was football. I mean, you know, I was I was running back. I was quarterback. Um, you know, God rest his soul, you know, probably the most influential person in my life to that point was my middle school football coach, Eddie Bland. Uh, he just passed away. And, um, you know, my, my condolences goes out to the family. But um, Coach Bland, he saw something in me on that gridiron that I didn't see in myself. 
And I think that's where I developed a lot of toughness because he was hard on me. You know, he went to school with my parents and, you know, he didn't want me to settle for anything less than the best. But, you know, when when I uh, came back to school, you know, my my eighth grade year, you know, I was six two. I was looking above everybody in the middle school. I could see all the way down the hall, you know. So that's when, you know, my, my focus started to change a little bit from football to basketball. I went to camp. I was uh, I had a great camp. Um, you know, I went to ODU. I went to Prep Stars, and that's when I started, you know, to uh, started to separate myself. And uh, I, I understood that my future was going to be on the hardwood. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. So now you've yeah. been doing your homework, Lamont. Yeah. Oh, man. There's nothing wrong with that, man. Like that Brunswick run that you had, man. And I mean, y'all barely beat our uh, Robert E. Lee by two, the first one. But then it's like it was just a, a train run to, uh, after that with uh, Loudon Valley. So you went back to back. And how did you know UVA was going to be your choice? Well, I mean, you know, another camp that I went to my ninth grade year, um, at the time, camps were huge. AAU yeah. big, but it wasn't what it is. Five-star camps. It was five-star camps. And you used to go to UVA camp. They used to have what were called elite teams. They would bring the top players that they invited to the camp, uh, to team camp, and they would put all of them on one team, and then you would play against other high school players, and that's how they got a chance to see you on campus. So I went to the University of Virginia, and I remember, man, I met Mr. Jennings. I got a chance to meet Milton Bell, Alonzo Mourning. Uh, got a chance to play with a lot of the top young talent in the state. And I, um, I like what I saw at the University of Virginia, and that always kind of stuck in the back of my head, you know, Coach Holland, Coach Jones, you know, uh, they were very cordial to me and I never forgot that. And mm -hmm. as I, you know, grew uh, and, and as, as a high school basketball player and, you know, I started to attract, you know, other schools around the country. When I narrowed my list down, I narrowed it down to UVA, to Duke, Villanova, Georgia Tech and Hampton. And um, again, like yeah, again, um, you know, I after going on all of the visits, it came down between Duke and UVA. Um, mm -hmm. I loved everything that Coach K um, told me about the university, about the basketball program. Uh, of course, I loved everything about the University of Virginia, uh, but the deciding factor came down. And, you know, I asked uh, each one of the uh, head coaches you know, I just wanted to be able to get on the floor as a freshman. And Virginia gave me more of an opportunity early to play. Um, and that's the reason why I chose UVA. That makes sense. So, yeah. yeah. And you talked about um, your family being a, being a big factor too, right? Like uh, all the stuff that they had, you know, poured into you. Um, I saw the stories, man, about the 90-minute the drives one way to camp. You know what I mean? And you wanted to make sure that they'll be there, you know, as much as possible. So UVA and Duke. I mean, right, right there. Yeah, I mean, my 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 parents were my biggest supporters. You know, my mom and my dad, they've been there since day one. Um, I lost my dad this past spring. You know, that was a tough moment for me. Um, but, you know, my dad, you know, he he was the 
he was the the brawn behind Brian Stiff. You know, he he taught me this, he taught me how to be strong. He mm -hmm. taught me toughness. He taught me never to back down. And my mom what was the brains behind the operation. She told mm -hmm. me how to be good. She told me how to win with humility. And mm -hmm. you know, the combination of the two is what the world got a chance to see. So Absolutely. I'm forever indebted, man, you know, for what my parents gave me. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And then we throw these stats out like we told you. You said not too many, but 19.2 points per game career and 6.6 .6 rebounds career at UVA, 2,516 career points. That's top five ACC history, 89 rookie of the year. These aren't nothing slight right here, man. And so four years you were there, 20 wins each year. I mean, take me through the life of a UVA ball player. Like when did it real, when did you realize that you had a chance to move to the, to the professional level? Like, was it, was it sometime at UVA or was it like a process? Man, to be honest with you, when when I went to uh, when I went to UVA, man, I had no idea um, that you know I would achieve the the goals and be able to set standards that I did. I just wanted to go there and get a good education and hoop. That's all I wanted to do. Yes, sir. And, and you know when I went there, um, people thought. You know, I had a chance to be pretty good. They thought I had a chance to have a good career, uh, but I kind of went in there uh, with low low fanfare. You know, there were other uh, rookies Proof. that came in to the ACC that were had more notoriety and mm -hmm. were expected to have bigger campaigns. You know, guys like Christian Layton, mm -hmm. um, you know, guys like you know Gerard Mustafa, uh, yep. Chris King. You know, all of those guys were um, were perceived to be, you know, like better group rookie of the year. Or, exactly. Yeah. And you know, that kind of fueled me a little bit. Why know, not? I had something to prove. Mm -hmm. And you know, um, I had a great rookie year. Was named ACC Rookie of the Year. I followed that up my sophomore year by you know averaging twenty points. Dog. First yes. conference. And um, I got an opportunity to trout for the United States national team. And uh, Coach Krzyzewski was the head coach of that team. <laughs> and, you know, again, you know, going back to my recruiting days, got a chance to really know him and his staff. And, you know, I was selected as one of the uh, 13 members who represented the United States of America. And when, you know, we, when the final team was selected, and the head of USA Basketball walked into the room and he said, all of you young men who made this team will be millionaires one day. And that's when it slapped me in the face. I was like, damn, I, I, I didn't <laughs> <hate> it. <laughs> I, and I looked around and, you know, there was Alonzo Mourning, you know, that was Christian Layton. It was Kenny Anderson. Yeah. It was Billy Owens. And I mean, yeah. that thing, Todd Day, Lee Mayberry, Doug Smith, I mean, you know, those were all of the players that were in the upcoming drafts in 91 and 92. And that's when it, I realized that I have a chance to do something special. And I got a chance to hang out with the guys and see their work ethic and got a chance to, to um, spend a whole summer with them and, you know, to see what pushed them to be great. And when I went back to the University of Virginia after that summer, 
there was a different glow in my, everybody was like, man, you know, Stift is on a mission. And that's when, you know, I went from being an amateur to being a pro. I love it. Wow. Yeah. That, that is really great, man. I love it. That, that point where you realize, you know, that you were going to go to the next level, especially not expecting much when you, when you first came in, like you say, you just wanted to hoop and get an education. But when it was all said and done at UVA, tell me this, Jeff Lamb, Wally Walker, Ralph Sampson, Barry Parkhill, Buzzy Wilkinson, these names at UVA, and now Brian Stiff. What does it mean to you to be named, you know, with these all-time players at UVA, finishing as the leading scorer when you were done? How did that make you feel? Uh, again, you know, growing up in ACC country, yes, sports, <laughs> you know, ACC country. Yeah, you know, you you got a chance to see. Um, the battles that Virginia had when, when those guys who are all older than I, when they were playing, um, you got a chance to see Ralph Sampson and Jeff Lamp and my coach Jeff Jones go up against, mm -hmm. you know, Michael Jordan, Sam Perkins, mm -hmm. Worthy. You, you, you got a chance to grow up in there. So you grew up knowing who all of those people were. And, you know, as a youngster, all I ever wanted to do was just to be able to play on Saturdays um, in the ACC. I had no idea that, you know, I would go to the University of Virginia and be able to accomplish the things that I was did. Now, I, that, it was just a blessing, man. I mean, you know, God gave me favor and he smiled upon me. And, you know, I, I had a blessed career. But not only, you know, do I get to sit you know, at the top of the throne with those great players, I got a chance to know most of them and, and they are better human beings than they are basketball players. And I'm just proud uh, to call those guys my brothers and share share this spotlight with them. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Like you're blowing me out right now, coach. I'm, I knew it was, I knew it was some good wisdom in that, in, in that, in that beard there, but uh, <laughs> you just continue to give it to me. So like, we drafted 92 with the 13th pick to the Denver Nuggets. Amazing. But the sophomore campaign, you played 82 games, started, and you guys made a great upset as an eighth seed, I believe, versus the Seattle Supersonics. Was there some type of team camaraderie? Was there some type of energy that was different? Can you take me through that? Because, I mean, that doesn't happen in the NBA. And we know that it's very rare that you get an AFC. I think between y'all, the Knicks in 99, there may be a couple others where the AFC got a chance to, to take out the one. But how was that, man? Well, when I got drafted in 92 um, by the Nuggets, you know, mm -hmm. it was a young team. And, you know, uh, when I got to Denver and arrived, you know, there, you know, probably a couple weeks before training camp, um, got a chance to work out you know, with my future teammates and the Kimbe Mutombo. At the time, his name was Chris Jackson, who later changed his mm -hmm. name, Mahmoud abdul Raouf, LaFonso yes, Ellis, uh, Marcus Liberty, Reggie Williams, mm -hmm. um, Robert Pat, Tom Hammonds. Man, we were all young. Mm -hmm. And uh, man, we all had that dog. That's and it. And we, 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 we were hungry. And, but we we had to learn how to win. Um, my rookie year, I was riddled, man, with injuries. I had never been injured before in my life. 
Um, you know, the first game that I started, I worked my way into the starting lineup, playing against Detroit. Um, I went to block Joe Dumas' shot. Dikembe rotated over. I came down on his size 22s, mm. and I broke my foot. Mm. Um, you know, I was out for about two months. I worked my way back into the starting lineup and um, playing against uh, Antoine Big Dog Carr. Uh, I went to strip mm. the ball from him and he lowered his shoulders. Mm. I sl instead of slapping the ball, I hit his shoulder and I broke my hand. I was done for the year. So as the team continued to grow, I had a chance to observe from the sideline that we had a team that was capable of be being good in the very near future. Well, um, you know, because I didn't have much of a season, the Nuggets asked me to go to uh, to to uh, summer camp, which was in Utah. It's called the Utah Review, and I got a chance to be the man. You know, I was the guy that they ran all of the plays for. Um, I averaged about twenty points a game in the summer league, and that propelled me going into my sophomore season. So, what I missed during the my rookie campaign during the season. I made up, you know, over the summer. summer league. Yeah. So when I came back, I was ready. I had that mindset. I worked my way back into the starting lineup to start the season. And we had an up and down year. Mm -hmm. But towards the end of the year, we started to come together. And uh, the last game of the year, we had a convincing win against Houston, um, led by Akeem Olajuwon at the time. And that propelled us going into the playoffs against the number one seeded Supersonics. Mm -hmm. uh, we thought we had a chance to uh, make it a competitive series, but we were kind of unsure. Um, you know, we just didn't know what to expect because they had the best record in the league. And after game one, you know, we got blown out, but we looked at the film and we was like, man, we can play so much better. Let's just see if we can make it competitive in game two. That was the message coming from Coach Issel. Game two was a little bit closer. And then we was like, man, man, we can win game three. Then, you know, after losing the first two games, at, at time, the first series was only a five-game series. Yep. The first two games were in Seattle. So we was like, man, we can win game three in Denver. Let's just go out and play our best. We don't want to get swept. And uh, we won game three. Mm -hmm. Oh, gone, man. We didn't win game four. And we was like, man, we can win this series, man. There ain't no pressure on us. None. We got to keep it close through the uh, first three quarters. And let's see what happened in the fourth. Yeah. And, man, you could start to see the pressure start to mount on Gary Payton and Sean, Sean Kemp and George Carl was sweating bullets on the sideline. Yes, and the crowd got quiet. And Big Fella was blocking everything that was coming to the rim. And man, <laughs> and, uh, man, they, they, when when that clock man hits all zeros and we looked up and we had won, man, that was the most exhilarating feeling that I ever had in the NBA, man. It was, it was something I'll never never forget. Yeah, that they, was they awesome. Talk about the, they talk about you guys dancing around and then the Kimbe on the ground and and it's just it's so memorable because one, it was the first time it ever happened. And you talked about all y'all having the dog in you to be down 2-0 and just play like there's no tomorrow. Uh, the story that they don't tell is that you guys end up taking Utah in the next series to seven games. Yep. Seven games, man. That, and also crazy. 
Mm-hmm. And and we 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 had started to figure that thing out, and we was like mad if we beat Utah, and we faced Houston. We had beaten Houston three out of the four times that year. We were talking about going to the NBA final. Mm. My, my my wedding was June the uh the the eighteenth. I was like, baby, we might have to reschedule because we're going to go to the <laughs> NBA final. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, that's, but that's that's that, that's, that's the mentality that we had, man. And it was it was a great run. And, I I, uh, I enjoy sharing that moment, you know, with my brothers on the Nuggets, and you know we will forever be bonded together, man, by that that run that we had against uh, in the nineteen ninety four playoffs. Yeah, that was awesome, man. That was awesome, and you know that that propelled you. You know, y'all had a good run four to five years after that, putting up double figures in the NBA. So you had a one hell of a career. Um, I want to go into coaching because this is the current and this is where it all began back where it started. So you started off at Brunswick in 2003, if I'm not mistaken, uh, as the head basketball coach. We go four years later, you're in a title game and you never look back after that. But unfortunately, a lot of people, you know, to go seven straight and, and lose them first four, I remember talking to you when we played y'all, this was Bruton versus Brunswick, and you told me the adversity and what the character it built and how necessary you felt those games were to propel you to where you are now as far as a coach. So walk me through that with that whole run. Like how was those losses propelling? And it almost sounds just like your, your playing career, to be honest with you. You know, you took that one lump and you had to figure it out. And as a player, it has to turn quicker for you. You know, as a coach, you've got to get them to turn. So we understand the dynamic, but you were still getting them there consistently. So how, how was that, man? Seven straight, three straight at the end. Like I said, I, I'm just lucky that, I'm just lucky I came on the end because when I got a taste of what you had and I walked into Brunswick, it took me back to being seven years old when I watched my cousin go to Brunswick and he had stories about the flat, about the uh, flag, uh, the pokings of the flag when you stand out of bounds and all that stuff, like all these traditional stories about the, the rivalry and stuff. And I'm just thinking about it when I walk in here, I'm like, this is, this is it right here. And so like that aura you built at Brunswick was, among, was one of the most amazing runs I've probably ever seen, hands down. So how was that, man? Take me through that. You know, just like you said, man, you know, the the greatest lessons, you know, in life, you know, that that you can learn can be learned in team dynamics and and being involved in team sports, man, ever since I was eight year old, you know, I, I learned some valuable lessons. You know, I learned stuff like, you know, never quit. You know, uh, the game is never over. Always play it to the end, um, no matter what the people in the crowd is saying. You know, you control your own destiny on the court. You know, things like that, you know, were embedded in me as a player. Uh, when I became a high school coach, um, how can I transfer those things that I learned as a player? Um, I can't impact the game directly, but can I pour what's in me into my kids? Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. Um, but... I had to rewire my brain and reprogram myself 
because I have been so far removed from my days at Brunswick that I have forgotten what it was like to be a a, a student to growing be up in that area. growing up in that area. And I'm gonna tell you a story that changed uh, my season, my first year. So after the uh, after school, I was like, "We got our first game tonight, but make sure you guys go home, get you something to eat, and I'll see you guys back, um, you know, at the gym at the start of the JV game, which was six o'clock." So I left. I went home, took a nap. Um, eight, got back to the gym about, you know, 530, 30 minutes before the team was supposed to show up. And I had about four or five guys that were sleep in the stands. And I was like, you know, I told you guys to go home, man, get you something to eat and make sure that uh, you guys got some rest and you guys stay here. They said, coach, if I go home, I might not come back. And then I talked to another player and he was like, coach, you know, the only meal that I get, you know, is, is at school. And man, that, that just smacked me in the face. And I was like, man, this thing is bigger than basketball. Yes, it you is. know, this thing is about these kids being able to survive and being able to take care of themselves. Yes, it is. And, you know, we had good practices, man. But um, I went home that night. I, I couldn't even think, man. I, I, you know, during the game, you know, that those those conversations was on my mind. So I went back home that night. I talked to my wife, and we came up with a plan that, you know, every home game that you know I was gonna bring the team over to my house. We were gonna put them all in the basement. We went and bought mats, and we fed them every home game. Make sure that they got something good to eat make sure that those guys had a place to rest before we went out on the road we always ordered food and we were able to feed them before um, they played before we went on the road that moment galvanized our team because those players realized that coach stiff what they called me coach b cared more about the person than he did about the player and yep. from that moment on that team came together and we went on a tip and we end up winning. We didn't win the district my first year, but we won the tournament to get into the regionals. We won the regional championship and then we made it to the state championship and ended up playing against two pros, um, Troy Daniels, who's now in the NBA and Jamel Hagens. And, um, but Ronald Thornhill was the best player on the floor um, that first half. And then Troy Daniels and Jamel Hagens, they just kind of took over in the second half and we had no answer. Mm -hmm. And um, the next, the second year, we end up losing to another pro, Eric Green, who was at Millbrook, who went on to play at Virginia Tech and played for the Utah Jazz. And then my third and fourth year, we end up losing to the seven footer, you know, at uh, Cave Spring. Cave who Spring. Up, yeah, who end up going and playing in the um, the SCC at Vanderbilt. Yeah. And, um, you know, even though I came up short, our kids came up short, the community came up short, you know, we never lost faith that, you know, we were going to get over that mountaintop. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, things just happened in a strange way. I couldn't see it at the time, but 
I, I think the Lord had it so that he was waiting for me to win my first state championship with my two sons on the team. Yes, you know, that's the only thing that I can make sense. And yeah, um, Brandon was a sophomore. BJ was a freshman. Yep. We were led by Javante Green, who plays with the Celtics now. You know, we lost to pros my first four years, and now I finally had a pro on my team. Actually, I had three. But, um, and then, you know, the rest is history. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's, that's bigger than basketball personified, right? And you sharing that story, and it probably got you started with um, the things you end up getting into, like SCORE you know, and, and the community work that you've done as well, you know, became more about the individuals um, than just the athletes. You know, that, that speaks a lot. And I know that winning with your sons definitely had to mean a whole lot. And to be able to complete that three-peat, I mean, I mean, it's so funny that you yourself was 6'5", 205. When you look at BJ, and he was 6'5", 208. Is that weird? <laughs> like, what did you think? Did you see yourself? Oh man, I, I tell you, it's funny because um, when I looked at both Brandon and BJ, I could see a lot of me in both of them. Yep. While they were completely different players, uh, Brandon had that tenacity and that yes, fire man. that I played with. And yes, he did. He was a man child. And, yes. you know, those were the things that separated me at 6'5 in the ACC at, at the small forward position playing against Grant Hill and Rodney Rogers and Anthony Tucker and Dennis Scott. And I mean, the list goes on, man. I mean, the late ACC, every night, you know, we played against three or four different pros, Rick Fox and uh, Brian Howard, you know, I mean, it was just ridiculous. It was really hard to keep Brandon off the block from that inbounds lob play. I will admit, <laughs> I will admit that I came hey, out remember, there. You remember that, Look, you remember that, though. Hey, coach, you didn't get up too often when you coached, but I knew I had a couple of jabs for you, but I knew I didn't have enough. We had a fighter's punch <laughs> chance against pros, and, and he threw that lob on us, and I looked at it, and I looked at you on the bench, and you was down sitting there like, run our stuff. I'm like, man, that's it. This is an engine. I said, I got to throw a clink in the engine just to try to <laughs> give my boys some energy to hope. But I said, no, nah, we can't let that happen no more. No more lives for that. So I said, if you got to throw elbows to them, do whatever it takes. But that's their bread and butter. That makes us feel less. And it's like a momentum thing. I was like, we can't have that no more. And yeah, that's it's right. hard to keep him that's off right. the boards. Oh, yeah. God. You know, so, so Brandon had that tenacity. Yes. And DJ was just more skilled than Silky either smooth. Brandon or I was. He was just real mm -hmm. smooth. I mean, he he had the total package. And, and um, you know, so when I look at both Brandon and BJ, Brandon was more like me when I was young, and BJ was more like me as I got older. So it was a nice blend to uh, to, to, to see in both my sons. That's awesome. That's, That's awesome. And, you know, it's a blessing that you're able to have them in high school and to have them in college and to see them go on to be professionals and to have their own lives form in that manner. And so it's just a testament to your work ethic from the beginning all the way through because those boys stayed humble throughout all the processes that they had. Um, like I said, I recall coaching against them and every bit of them was humble. I mean, I think I rattled, I rattled BJ one time and he went off after that. I think he hit, so he hit two going to the right, nice and easy. Like, I think it, it just looked like it was practice when I saw it. It was on our end. So I told my kid Capri, I said, make him go left because I'm going to scream he can't shoot going left. 
But that he could. But I'm talking about 40% to the left, whereas 80% to the right. Like, you let him get to his spot, it's over. And that's why I was like, yeah, we cannot let him keep getting to this spot. Between his spot for the jump shot and between Brandon's positioning on the post, my little six-foot squad, man, we had a lot of heart, but there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of talent on that court that day. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, man. And you and you can't forget about Javante Green, man. You know, yep. he, was, he was just a beast, man. Six-four, probably the best athlete, man, you know, oh, to ever man, come man. through Brunswick, man. I mean, he he was just terrific. And to see his career and what he's done at, at the University of Rap at Rapid University and now, you know, being able to go overseas and uh, now be able to make the uh, Boston Celtics team, man. I mean, that's just phenomenal. Yeah, that journey. That's the grind right there. That's that's that stuff we admire here at Commonwealth Sports. So, you know, you, you, you've coached it, you've been a part of it, you are it, wouldn't expect any less. Um, Mont is uh, kind of brown nosing over there with a Denver shirt because he's a Denver Broncos fan, but We'll I know why he ain't never wore that. Twenty something episodes, <laughs> coach. He ain't never wore that. Brought it out for you, man. No doubt. Lawton, Oklahoma, man. I, I used to live in Lawton, Oklahoma, when I became a Broncos fan, and it stuck with me because just like you explained it, that community just gives you that. It, it gives you that feeling. You know what I mean? You get engulfed in it, you get surrounded by it. I had to bring out there. Look, man, I played I played with the Nuggets for eight years. And you know, we have some phenomenal fans, but make no mistake about it, Denver is Bronco City. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the, the Nuggets play second fiddle, the Avalanche, the Rockies. Mm -hmm. That is a Denver Bronco town. <laughs> yes, yes. That's an awesome sports town, though. It's not too many areas where you get to have all of the sports there. So it's definitely a great sports town one way or another uh, when four different organizations got professional teams there. So, yes. Yeah, man. Um, we, we appreciate you, man. So I, I, just real quick, I know we, we broke you down and everything, but this old dominion experience in the collegiate level as an assistant. Is it comfortable now? Because I know how I was as an assistant. And then when you're ahead, it's like night and day. But as an assistant, do you feel the full process now without the stress? Like, how does that feel as the assistant? Well, I mean, you know, I've, I've been at every level, um, you know, high school, you know, college, mm -hmm. and, and the professional. And um, being a an assistant coach under Coach Jones has been, you know, a rewarding experience for yeah. me because as much as I thought I knew about college basketball, having experienced it at the AC le ACC level, there's so much about the college game that I didn't know from the coaching side. Yeah. And being here eight years, you know, I've gotten a chance to, to learn the business of college basketball from one of the greatest. Co coach Jones has over 500 collegiate wins as a, yes. as a head coach and you know um you know I feel just as lucky and, and blessed as Jake John Jeff Capel and Johnny Dawkins did with uh coach K at Duke. Absolutely. So um you know I, I I think that I've gotten a great foundation. I've learned a lot. You know I continue to uh, do the best job that I can as a, and as an assistant for Coach Jones. And you know hopefully one day you know, you know, that may lead into opportunities where I may be able to lead my program. 
um, my own program. But right now, I'm happy uh, where I am. The people, man, in the Hampton Roads community have been nothing but, you know, welcoming and accommodating to me and my family. Uh, my daughters went to high school here. They graduated from Maury. Uh, Brandon and BJ graduated from Old Dominion. My wife is an alum of the school. So, I mean, our roots are deep here in the Hampton Roads community. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, this is like a second home for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, we're not going to hold you too much longer because uh, our time is gold and your time is gold. But we appreciate every bit you've given us, man. So uh, I appreciate you. hanging out with you guys, man. This has been fun. And, uh, you know, like I said, man, you know, anytime, man, you want to run it back, baby, let's do it again. I got you, man. We're going to keep in touch, man. <laughs> Appreciate you and thank you for coming. This is Commonwealth Sports Talk. You have a great one, my man. I appreciate y'all. All right, take it easy. That Denver shirt, I'm so glad you wore that because I threw it into the joint with Stiff. I told Stiff, uh, Rob, in the interview, I said, hey, yo, he over there kissing tail wearing Denver Broncos joint, trying to give his Denver love. <laughs> that was really good, though. Steph, I'm from the womb to the tomb with this giant baby. There That's, it is, my dog. There it is. I mean, it's it's a mile high road right now, but it's all good. This this my squad. Been my been my boy. I I, I respect Denver. Y'all got my guy Peyton Manning. You know what I'm saying? Peyton got y'all one. Yo, I, I hated him until he came. I respect the you know John Elway, of course. You know. And welcome to the round table where we have Rob and LT joining us as we just interviewed Brian Stiff, Virginia legend. I mean, when we talk about high school, how do you go to the state title game three times? When we talk about and win two of the three, when we talk about college, 20 wins, four seasons, top five ACC score all time. That's that's remarkable. You know what I'm saying? Top 15. That's a lottery, right? I don't think they called yeah. it back then that. That's a lottery <laughs> pick. That's instant million. He was a lottery yeah, pick. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? To be consistent with a squad. And he played his role for the modern that era of basketball, too. He did a great job because, to me, he was a Swiss Army knife. He could do it all. So, um, you know, it's just amazing to have that man on. And when you look at his blueprint, you see how he has his sons, himself, his tight-knit community. He embodies what Virginia is. He is a product of Virginia. He got his fame at Virginia and he brought it back to Virginia. And his full son, circle, man. Full circle, full circle. And so I just, I, you know, I had to open up with that, you know, especially after the interview because he's just a great dude, man. And I didn't want to take up too much more of his time. And, you know, we, we could have went part two, part three. And as they always say, they, they give us that nod. They say we, hey man, anytime. And I'm like, oh yeah. Hey, right. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Less. All right. I'll, I'll remember that. So, Say less. you know, take me through what family in Virginia means to you, Rob. Let's give me, give me some of your thoughts. Now, obviously man. we're talking sports. I'm sorry. I want to be specific right. through sports. I mean, I, I think it's big, man. You know, you're able to come back home or, or, um, keep keep it, you know, like you said, full circle in, in the town. You know, they say, don't forget where you come from. 
So to keep, you know, this your backyard, having sons and nephews and cousins and, and you say, man, you know, you, your daddy, your uncle, your granddaddy, you know what I'm saying? And it, it becomes a, a book, a story, a, a mm-hmm. lifelong, uh, you know, conversation that you're always able to have. And I, I mean, I love it. You know, um, my dad didn't play it, but my mom played sports. Here she ran track. My uncle was a star running back at Bethel. Mm-hmm. My mom ran track at uh you know, at Bethel as well. So, you know, you know, your uncle was this and your mama was that. And so, man, that's big, man. I love it, man. I love that's it. That's how you're supposed to hear it. It's like, you know, you're you know, you're surrounded by it. You know what I'm saying? But you really don't know your role in it yet. And right. that's how you are when you're growing up. And so it all can be played out so many different ways. And it has because Virginia has multiple families that have displayed or displayed great sportsmanship when it comes to being excellent in their craft. And so, you know, I can name a bunch of names, you know, we got Vicks, we got, you know, I'm going to stand strong. We got Dillard's just as strong because we got pros, you know what I'm saying? It's right. just a whole right. grind of things that you I mean, look you into. Look at the Curry's, Ronald Curry, Mondo Curry. Yeah, you know that 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 you got Ron Bay Coats. Bay Coats. How about we? How about we do a wordplay real quick? Let's do a wordplay on last name stars in the state of Virginia that we should know, and hopefully they've got more than one. That's all I'm asking for. You know what I'm saying? I'll be funny. I'll steal Lamont's because this is the host. The host can steal the best one. Edmonds. <laughs> Hopewell. Let's go. Mm. I mean, we all day. Vicks. Mhm. Rob, uh, let's see. Let's see. I got one. Uh, dang, it just left my head. Oh my gosh! Like I said, I saved the curries. Oh, <laughs> I'm having a brain fart, bro. Hey, I'm just, gonna sound like a robot. I just had one in my head, bro. I'm gonna jump, crazy. Rob, and say my same answer again. Edmonds. <laughs> the other Edmonds that beat me in the state title by 30, the two first round draft picks and they dad. I'm, I'm going to go Edmonds. 804 and go Henderson. And with the running back from Hopewell. And his name Henderson? Yep. I think it is. I mean, I know just the I know who you talk. I know that family's deep. That family. The, the Gatorade, the Gatorade player of the year. Oh, I know it was Newsom. Yes. Ed Newsom, Myron Newsom. Yes. Hampton High. Yes. His brother went to Tech. I like that. What about uh, the Barbers? That guy. Yeah. Yep. Two of them. Yeah. You got the birds. We, we um, highlighted on one post with uh, Nick Bird out in Matoka. Yeah. The, the Glennons. The Glennons. Back. And that Birds. Got to get both of them out there. Yes, sir. Thomas Dale, the, the, the virus. A, sure. I got a real good one. I got a real good one for you. The Longs. Yep. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> no, I got a better one for you. It's half and half, though, but I'm going to claim it. It's the Curries. Okay, I only got Dell. All right. I was, I was, I get it. The boys grew up in North Carolina, but we got Dell. <laughs> I get, I mean, we, we, we kind of, 
Yeah. No, that, one, that one don't count. That one don't count. <laughs> I was just trying to be funny. I was just trying to be funny. Trying... The Randalls. I got my Randalls. Edgar, Brian, Brandon. I got my Randalls. Yeah. Yeah. From the episode, right? Because um, just thinking about it, my favorite story, one of my favorites with Brian Stith, is that there's a write up on him talking about how his senior year, you know, he's in the gym on Christmas Day. Mind you, it's Christmas Day on break. He's in the gym. He goes in the gym with his father, right? And just like nothing's changed since high school, here he is basically a grown man, and he still has has his father with him while he's in the grind, right? And his father says, he turns to him and says, you know what, we're probably the only ones in the gym here on Christmas Day. Crazy part is, Brian says to him that they don't have to, they don't really care about how hard I work. All they care is the finished product is what they see, right? Mm-hmm. That was about 29 years from this week today. It was wow. February 6th when he went back and broke the all-time Virginia scoring record. Come on. How crazy is that? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Little fun fact for the people. That's that's what he does, man. Like I knew what the recruitment was doing. When we, I knew I knew what the recruitment was doing. When we, the fun fact hey, look, for the people, man. Let's and I'm, go. I'm, I'm just going to go interpersonal and give myself since I can't interview myself. So I'm hoping and wishing for an opportunity out here to coach basketball. If that opportunity arises, um, then this is why I have a bigger team. This is why we have a bigger staff. We've blueprinted that out as well. So please don't think that you know, anything will change if, if, if titles change for some of us on our staff. We're, we're all intended to get to the next level, regardless of how we do it. So everybody on my staff is going to host. Everybody on my staff creates. Everybody on my staff does everything that they want to do. And that's just period how we operate. So I just had to let that be known. And then on top of that, this is a little shout out to my father. If I get that gig, man, I might need a coach, man. You might need somebody in my corner, man. I might need somebody to watch my film, man. Who knows, man? This is the family episode. Why not? So, you know, I'm just throwing that out there. Salted, I, had to, I, had to, I, had to, I had to throw my little family jewel out there. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mom, what you got? Oh, man. I, I just gave you what I got, man. I know. This no. Episode, I, I put you back on the heat. It's, it's important, man. It's important. Like, like you said, it is it is Virginia sports personified, right? Like the guy is just well-known in the community for everything that he does. He just, he does it the right way. Um, family man brought it back to Virginia. Don't get no better. The Uptons. I can't stop. Ooh. I can't Ooh. stop. Ooh. Hey, look, I played against, I played against BJ Upton. My, what was it? My sophomore year. So that was 2000 and, one, 2002, something like that. And and this is when he was like, you know, that talk of that guy. Bruh, first play at it, first at bat, he led the, he led the, 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 he, he led the game off with deep center, long ball. And I'm like, yep, it's legit. Scout report is correct, coach. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is who we thought he was. Hey, look, he's definitely who we thought we were. He was, bro. Green by Christian. Shout out, Phoebe's out. Hey, look, we took that. We, you know, we we took that game, and, and 
You know, you know, I'm from, you know, we from Philly. I'm like, I don't care, bro, who he is. I don't care nothing about none of that, bro. I don't care nothing about that. I'm on third. Like, let's go. <laughs> All right. Okay. Shout out. Yes. Nice. Hey, look, I played against Fair- you, bro. Farriers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. him just now too but rudy ain't got no other family so that's why i didn't jump in and say rudy and you just came right out the head with rudy and i was like every year was something in football in that division right it was, it was barrier and then rudy johnson came through and then um plex didn't plex coburs come from out richmond um yeah plexico from virginia b no not plex who am i thinking about if michigan he went to michigan the wide receiver from michigan um Amani Toma? No. Braylon El- No. Who's? Ah, give me a minute. Y'all keep talking. Hmm. <laughs> Yo. Um, yeah, but I know Plasco. Plasco from Green Run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that, that I compared them to because they both from our. Area. Hey, look. Hey, look. Hey, look. I got to keep my guys something. in my area. David something. Macklin. No. No. Tyree. David Terrell. David. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 Richie. you're right. Sorry. Yep. Two wide receivers that are like Megatron. We're not used to seeing those guys type in the area. You know what I'm saying? Herman Moore is in the world. You know, shout yeah, out yeah, to yeah, those yeah. guys. Yeah. Oh, man. Look, I can't even keep going anymore further with that. Virginia is deep rooted. Virginia got people that stay. Virginia got people that stand one by one. So with that said, this is what Commonwealth Sports has been all about. That's why we host these shows, to show that love. And this episode here with the Stiffs, you get no better version of that. So we really appreciate their time. I hope the boys are watching because we're coming to ask you to come on. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Come on. Absolutely. Let's go. And so, hey, this episode is tuned in during March, which is Women's History Month. So we'd like to give another shout out to women in sports as we will continue to uh, give you different clips. We've got a feature. We've got a lot coming for you for women in sports in March. So just please stay tuned with us with Commonwealth Sports Talk. Those who have donated and supported, we really appreciate it. We really love the support. Very much, man. It gets no better than that. So. Without further ado, tune in next week as we bring you Lamont Struthers. Yes, sir. It's 7-5, man. Shot doctor, baby. Let's get it. And you. Shout out.